Welcome to episode 13 of Speak Better. I'm Rebecca Lindquist, also known as Lindquist the Linguist, and this podcast is all about speech, how to improve it, how to be more aware of it, how to change things like your voice, your accent, your dialect, what to do if that's something that you want to do, and also how to get feedback and best practices like recording your speech for how to improve your speech. But today specifically, I'd like to talk to you about what to do if your voice is too pitchy, too squeaky, deep, or throaty. So those are qualities in speech. They are subjective qualities, although I would argue that if you go to a speech coach, they will be able to tell you if you do or do not exude these qualities. Of course, it's on a continuum. You can be really squeaky or a little squeaky. It can happen only when you're nervous, for example. But that's because of what we do with our bodies when we're nervous. And we may have talked a bit about this before, but the idea of speech is that you use your entire body when you speak. It doesn't just come from your mouth and and your voice and your speech, your articulation and your throat. It comes from your entire body. What I mean by that is that your legs, your arms, everything you're using down to your tippy toes and your fingertips should be alert, aware, and active for the best quality of speech. Now, do we do this all the time? No, but practicing with your body and mind is going to help you modify your speech, but also be aware of what's going on and project your best, which is what we all want to do. So let's start with breath. You inhale and you hold your breath for a slight moment. Now, when we talk about holding the breath, it's generally not a good idea to talk with your breath held. So right now I'm holding my breath the whole time. This is not a great idea because when we exhale, the sounds are supported. And when you hold your breath, Everything gets short, it gets cut and choppy, it doesn't sound as good. So we definitely want to exhale when we speak. However, breath is more complicated than just inhaling and exhaling, again when it comes to voice, because if you're sounding too pitchy, squeaky, or deep and throaty, you can't change it if you're not using your body to change it. So let's talk again about pitchy and squeaky. So pitchy is when you can't control your pitch. So you kind of know, and it's not resonant, number one, because resonant by definition would be the right speech for you, the right pitch pattern. And pitchy means that it goes up and down, maybe even randomly, not necessarily randomly, but it could be. So someone who kind of talks like that, it goes up and down like that. It's like they can't control their pitch is the comment that people might make to you. It sounds like you can't control your pitch. So how do you get more control? Well, sustaining sounds and keeping your vocal folds in contact with each other. Now, we often call them vocal cords, but then in recent years, the word fold is supposed to be more accurate. But the idea is that when you speak in your throat, your vocal folds touch. And when they touch, they can touch briefly, they can touch lightly, or they can touch and hold strongly. And we want them to touch and hold strongly, which is what we do in American English. If you speak another language, you may not do this the patterns of your first language often transfer. I usually tell people it's whatever you spoke in the crib. That's what you're going to be speaking as an adult, even in another language. Whatever your parents spoke to you is what you learned as a baby. So even if you grew up in the U.S. and went to American schools, if your parents were speaking a different language to you, that's not a bad thing. You're probably bilingual, but it does mean that your speech patterns may not be native-like. So to focus on this concept of the vocal folds connecting, try making a vowel sound. And let's start with one of the easier ones to sustain, which I like to use the long ah for. So we're just going to make the sound ah, like this. Ah. Take an inhale, 
Hold the breath for a mere moment. Don't hold it long term. Just a short hold for control. And then exhale. Ah. Pause with control. Inhale. Hold with control and release. Ah. That's it. A couple things to know. You don't have to match my pitch when you're doing this exercise with me. The idea is to be at your resonant pitch. You can Google that. There's lots of videos on resonant pitch. But the simplest thing that I've found to do is just to hum. So if you go, hmm, and you feel a vibration in your lips, hmm, and then speak at that same level, hmm, this is what I sound like. Inhale, brief hold, exhale, this is what I sound like. Now hum again, hmm, and now let's go into the ah. Hmm, ah. Now I want you also to notice when you do this, you do go for as long as you can sustain the sound without changing the sound. So in other words, you wouldn't want to go, ah, 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 that defeats the whole purpose. That's what pitchy is, is compromising the sound quality. So you want to stay at that pitch, strong and firm, ah, loud without losing volume. So you don't want to go, ah, like a sigh. Now there are times to sigh for sure, but this is not one of them because we want to sustain the sound. The vocal folds are going to be together. They're not going to flutter. So this is a fluttering vocal fold. And when I learned that, I learned to sing because if you can't flutter your vocal folds, you can't reach high notes like And a lot of Americans use the strong vocal fold connection, which is what I'm demoing here. And that's by completely connecting and sustaining the same pitch without the pitch changing. So it's not, ah, it's, ah. Now you want to stop before you get a lowering in volume, before the volume goes down like this. Ah, and it could be longer. Ah, you don't want to practice that. You don't want to practice losing volume. You want to practice keeping your volume because it's harder to do and it's what you need to do in sustained speech when you're, for example, doing public speaking. And we'll dive into public speaking is is sort of a catch-all phrase for a lot of different things. Giving a presentation is different than being a political candidate, different from being a newscaster, different from talking to friends and family or giving a talk at your church. All these things are different. And so I think you can group it perhaps as public speaking because you're doing it to the public. But of course you want different qualities in your verbal and nonverbal communication. We'll talk about that. But back to pitchy. So if you find that you are pitchy, you're going ah instead of ah then you want to stop there and make it easier. Don't try to give a really strong, loud volume. If this is too much for you, just go, ah. Don't overtax your vocal folds. Do what you can do, and then each day you'll get louder and longer. Ah. Now go until you feel like a vibrato, which is like that shaking, ah, kind of feeling in your throat, in the back of your throat. We often talk about the AES muscle, which is the one we squeeze when we make sounds like, <laughs> like the Wicked Witch, or like a sheep, or like a horse. We squeeze in the back. And that's okay if you want to do that vibrato, that kind of a sound. In singing, it's possible. But in American English, we don't want to speak in a way that has a lot of shake to it because it's going to sound indecisive. And remember, we want credibility. So let's go back to that long and loud. Then pause and breathe. Inhale. 
close your lips, close your mouth completely, hold the breath, and then let's change vowel. And let's try a long E. E. For most people, the E is a little more challenging. It may or may not be for you. Just notice and be aware. Can you do the same thing with the E? Can you inhale, hold for a brief moment, sustain with length, full vocal fold engagement, so not E, long and loud without falling. And once you think, hey, I don't know if I can sustain this anymore, stop at your loudest point. I'm going to repeat that. Stop at your loudest point. E. The idea is that over time, that length of voice time that you're in the engagement will get longer. You'll be able to go from E to E to E. You can get progressively louder, but notice I had a little bit of shake, a little bit of vibrato in that last one. It's not about criticism. It's about awareness. Know what you're doing and learn. Learn from it and practice it. So long-term, you'll be less pitchy if you can hold sounds like that. You'll be able to control your speech. Squeaky is kind of about hitting that high top part and squeezing something. What are you squeezing? Could be a lot of different things. You could be squeezing the back of your throat. You could be squeezing your lips. We don't know. So we don't need to guess and figure it out. All we need to do is release areas you could be squeezing in. So one way to do that is to flutter your lips like this. Some people call it blowing raspberries, but the idea is that you flutter the lip and you get rid of lip tension. Making a B sound is a good way to get into this. Can you go up and down in pitch? And can you go up and down and control it? Almost like you're singing. And notice what your lips do. Can you do it at all? Can you do it for a short time? Do they engage and disengage? Right now, we're just getting rid of lip tension. So once you do that, you can try again and see if you sound just as squeaky when you talk. Likely you will, but this is an awareness of letting go of muscle tension and how, depending on where you let go of it, you get different results. Now, how can you let go of it elsewhere? There's lots of singing exercises you can do. A couple things I like to do are open the back of the throat and laugh like a crazy person. <laughs> do this with me, please, so I don't have to embarrass myself. <laughs> now, when you do this, you may notice that the back of your throat is really opening. And we want to speak from the back of the throat. Why? Because it's an American English thing to do. This will take us into the deep and the throaty. So what about deep and throaty? What's wrong with that or what's going on with deep and throaty? So the idea is that when you are speaking from your throat, you talk a little bit like this. You have a lot of sounds, a lot of vibrations that are happening deep in the throat and they carry over into the speech. Now, if you speak Arabic or I'm told people from Israel who speak Hebrew make these kinds of sounds. Some people who speak Hindi have throaty speech. Again, it's a quality. It's not necessary to communicate in a language, although I don't think I've ever met a male Arabic speaker that doesn't throat articulate a lot. It's just a habit that comes from certain sounds that you use and how you make them. In American English, the sound should be coming from the back of your mouth, not from your throat. So, for example, again, let's go back to the ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha is back of the mouth, but 
ha, ha, ha is getting really, really throaty, a lot of vibration. So when you open the back of your mouth and make an ah sound, in the Alexander technique, they call this the whispered ah. So you release the back of your neck, your head goes forward and up as an intention. So it's not a squeezing of the muscle or even really a true letting go. It's more of a non-doing. So your, your muscles are long, your back muscles are long, your neck is long, and then you begin to make the sound in the back of the throat opening into the ah, and it's a whispered sound like this. Getting progressively louder if you can. Now from there, can you go back to singing ah? Notice the difference between ah and ah, which is really low and throaty. So you want to see if you can sustain sounds in the back of the mouth. And if you can learn to do that, then you can begin to get less of a deep throaty articulation and more of a back of the mouth. Now, some men, when doing this exercise, have told me they feel like they're losing their masculinity. I understand that's a relevant comment that comes from people. Typically, men have more of the deep throaty sound than women do. Maybe it's culture. But the idea is that in American English, if you are deep and throaty, you can even be intimidating. You can get that mafioso quality in your speech. Again, like you're a member of the mafia, like you're going to do something to somebody. And if you're an actor, you might want that accent or that dialect for certain movie roles that you play. But as an individual, you probably don't want to sound like you're going to attack someone. You don't want people to be afraid of you no matter really what you're doing. Whether you're a leader or a salesperson in professional business, fear is not what we're after generally. So the idea of back-of-the-mouth speech is to eliminate those unpleasant or distracting qualities Again, I'm, I hesitate with unpleasant because I'm not talking about when you speak your mother tongue in Hebrew and in Hindi or some variations of Hindi in other Indian languages or in Arabic. It might be perfectly fine. But we're talking about American English. We want back of the mouth so as not to distract or send a message of aggression. And can you be pitchy and deep and throaty, I suppose, although most people who tend to be squeaky, we think of a high pitch, and it's harder to control higher pitches at least for the human voice, it's harder. So the idea of practicing with sound, and this is where singing can come in very handy. Again, you don't have to be an opera singer. All you have to do is sustain sounds. And vowels are great sounds to sustain, the ah and the e. And the reason for that is those sounds do not have an interruption like consonants do. So the definition of a consonant is some articulator, like your tongue, your lips, your teeth, your jaw, something's going to interrupt the sound. When you make sounds like ch, sh, p, t, k, doesn't matter which consonant, they start and stop. But vowel sounds don't need to stop. So if you think of a word that ends in a vowel like show, go, be, to be or not to be, when you end a word with a vowel, it's really long not pitchy. You have to be able to control it. So those are great sounds to practice on. We did E and we did ah. You might also try O, O, A, A, U. That last one is the short U, which is challenging for people to hold on to. For example, Russian speakers often turn the short U like look into Luke, like the name Lucas. And so you want to be able to sustain it like, look, look at it. 
The pitch will tend to go higher in the shorter vowels to control the sound, and that's okay. The idea is that you want to be able to sustain sounds, and that's why we practice the singing. I'd like to also show you that there's kind of a fun exercise you can do if you master this and you want to get to the next level. I've had some clients tell me they absolutely love this. If you don't like it, just don't do it. But it's an exercise I learned in the Estel method years ago called sing hailing. And I've adapted it for speech because, again, this is not for singing for people. It can be intimidating to do too much. But the awareness is that you inhale with sound. And it's kind of hard to do because when we inhale, it's usually quiet. But here you inhale with the vowel you want to make in the shape the vowel is. Like an O would be, <gasps> so it's, a, it's a, like, almost like a sigh. It's an inward, though. It's an inward pull of breath, and you make the sound, <gasps> hold briefly with the same movement. So you're not going to change the shape that you made when you inhaled. <gasps> of your throat, of your mouth, of the entire back of your mouth. You're going to leave it in that shape and then exhale. <gasps> oh. It's a real freeing feeling of the articulators, of the jaw, of the throat. It often helps with breath with sound. And you can do it with any vowel. So you could do the ooh like <gasps> Don't judge the sound that comes out. Notice I've got some vibratos going on. It's okay. Doesn't matter if it shakes or not. You're letting go of tension. And tension is not your friend when we're talking about speech, especially if you don't want to be squeaky, pitchy, deep, or throaty. Just let go of the sound. If you are deep and throaty, you might practice your higher pitches within your range. There's nothing wrong with a deep voice, like a man's voice, for example, having a high pitch at times. You want to be able to own that vocal variety, that wider range. And one way to do that is to work with your pitch, allow yourself to do what we call a siren, which is where you go up and down, like e, And you want to stay connected. Disconnection is e, 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 e. We don't want that. E, E, and then you make it wider. E, now that I kind of lost control of. Notice it went in a different direction. That's great awareness. E, E, okay, that time I went down. Now can I connect it more? E, that's the control piece. Can you control the sound? That will give you more control as a public speaker. And when you're in front of people, you want to be able to control the sounds that you make. Back to sing hailing, I wanted to give you a few more examples. Try doing it with different vowels and see which ones are challenging. Like, <laughs> different things will happen to your throat and your voice. And learn to be okay with whatever happens without judgment. If you want to record it, you can. Try to go longer and louder. And I've had clients tell me they can do this in the shower. So get singing in the shower a whole new meaning. Try sing hailing. So you're inhaling with sound and exhaling with the same shape. Tends to make your voice nice and strong. And I've had throaty, deep voice speakers tell me that it helps them hit the back of the mouth as a warm-up in the morning. So you might try that. But again, the point is to let your voice sound as pleasant as it can to be the best you can be. Hope you get to practice with your voice and I'll talk to you in the next episode.